Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort, and great to have you with us today on another episode of Comfort's Corner, where we bring you the inside story of what's happening in and around the transit industry. And boy, are you in for a treat today. We have as our newsmaker guest later in this episode, Mohammed Mezgani, who is the Secretary General of the UITP, which is the International Transport Union, representing 1,500 transit agencies or more from around the world kind of like the international version of APTA or CUDA here in North America. We're so excited to have him on. He and I have become uh, good buddies over the last year and uh, so happy to have a great interview with him that you're going to enjoy later on today on our Newsmaker Headline interview. Uh, but first, we are going to look at headline news. A lot of things happening in the transit industry. First, I want to let you know that um, my new children's book, Public Transportation from the Tom Thumb Railroad to Hyperloop and Beyond, uh, did hit number one. Uh, earlier in the month of October, a list of books on public transportation on Amazon. People are uh, really enjoying the book as a way to help share their share with their children some about their passion for public transportation, especially those of us who work in the industry. It is really our children that provide the future of public transportation. But today I want to announce uh, on the other end of the spectrum, someone retiring from our industry that really is a top-notch leader and really a shame to see him go. I was able to have breakfast with him late last year in Dallas, and that is Gary Thomas, who is the president and executive director of the Dallas Area Rapid Transit System, DART. He is retiring as, uh, as the head of their major transit system. He's announced that he's going to be leaving the agency and retiring. He said, it's been my privilege and honor to be part of the Dallas Area Rapid Transit for this moment in time. I've seen many firsts throughout the years, and I've been able to work with many dedicated board members and team members. He extends his heartfelt thanks to the current management team, and they're almost 3,700 employees. And uh, you know, one of the things that DART is well known for is their 700-mile service area and a world-class public transit network. And um, throughout Thomas's leadership, DART has frequently defined what a modern 21st century transit system can be. Their light rail system is just phenomenal, uh, and um, they have a it's the longest one actually in the country at 93 miles. And also something else that they're known for is their mobility as a service app. I've actually used the, the Dallas model, the DART model in talks that I give all over the world as uh, the way I think it can and should be done. They provide travelers with the ability to plan, book, and pay for the mobility solution that works best for them through their GoPass app. So congratulations to Gary Thomas for a successful run there. Uh, what an example of a leader of an agency that we can all look to. Also, I wanted to point out that one of the other big trends coming out of COVID-19 has been the rise of microtransit. And LA Metro, leave it, to, leave it to Phil Washington to be right at the front of this. LA Metro, Los Angeles County Metropolitan Transportation Authority has awarded a $28 million three-year contract to provide technology and services for the launch and operation of an on-demand transit in six designated service zones in Los Angeles. And it is a, a big project. It's actually, um, so basically it's going to be, you know, it's, oh, and by the way, the procurement process, a two-year competitive process that took 450 staff to be involved in it. And um, the microtrans, the six microtransit zones will launch in phases throughout 2020 and 2021. And this is a 100-plus vehicle project that's being announced as the single largest on-demand public transit service in existence. Uh, so what a... Uh, what an amazing way to uh, kind of the silver lining coming out of the COVID-19 crisis. A number of transit agencies have, um, you know, we're already thinking about microtransit, but now it's coming on strong. We'll keep an eye on this one for you and others. We also want to make a note that Kevin Desmond announced that he is leaving after five years there at TransLink. 
Uh, and prior to that, of course, he was uh, at King County Metro in Seattle. And Kevin's been a real leader in our industry. I don't think he's actually retiring. Uh, I think he's just uh, going to be leaving Canada, coming back to the U.S. I had a chance to talk to him some after the announcement was made. Great guy, been a good friend of ours here on the show. He's done not, not only the podcast itself, but also a number of live events for us. Um, and uh, he, he's going to be very well missed there in Vancouver at TransLink. They won, as you know, uh, the award for APTA this last year as the best large public transit system in North America. So he's leaving, going out on top. I also want to just say a word of thanks to Paul Stefanski and uh, the folks at St. Louis Bi-State Transit Agency who had me as their guest speaker at uh, a, a senior staff meeting this last week where I was able to share about the future of public transportation and how you how to future-proof your transit system. If I can be of any assistance to you and your transit system anywhere in the world, just let me know. Email me at paul.comfort at trapezegroup.com. I'm happy to drop in at no charge. Trapeze allows me to do this uh, and, and uh, provide you know, kind of what I'm seeing as the future of public transportation and, and some of the top 10 ways people are future-proofing their transit system coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, that's it for Headline News. Now we head to our Newsmaker interview with Mohammed Mezgani. This is Transit Unplugged, and I'm your host, Paul Comfort. Great to be with you today on another edition of Comfort's Corner. And today we're excited to have with us Mohammed Mezgani, who's Secretary General of UITP, the International Public Transportation Association. He's talking to me today from Paris. Thanks so much for being with us today, Mohammed. Thank you, Paul, for the invitation. Yeah. So Mohammed and I have uh, interacted a number of times recently on various things, and I said, you know what? I'd have that guy on the show. <laughs> he knows what's going on around the world probably more than anybody else. So, so excited you were able to join us today. Thanks. Um, so I guess first off, tell us a little bit about um, what is UITP? People in America, where a lot of the listeners are, it's America and Canada are my two most listeners out of the 99 countries, but they have APTA and CUDA, and they've heard of UITP, but I don't know if they know exactly what it is. Can you tell us a little bit about the organization itself? Yes, sure. UITP stands for the uh, International Association of Public Transport. It's the French acronym, Union okay. Internationale de Transport Public. Uh, and UITP was uh, born in 1885. Wow. Uh, so 135 years ago, we are celebrating our 135th anniversary this year in Belgium. It was born in Belgium. And at that time, it was born as the Association of European Tramways. Okay. And uh, and uh, the initially it was with the 60, about 60 members from nine countries. So all of them tramway operators. And the actually the hidden agenda is that at that time, the King of Belgium, Leopold II, he has pushed for the creation of UITP to promote the Belgian steel because to, 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 for the production of rails for tramways. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And at that time it was uh, horse tracked tramways, of course but they needed the rails and it was an op a possibility with this association to promote Belgian steel. And, and so it was launched as the Association of Tramways and then became the association of all modes of transport. I mean, metros and buses, of course, and waterborne transport. And then later it became the, also in, integrated the regulators, the transport authorities in, in UITP and then the supplying industry, those producing buses and trains and IT systems, etc. And more recently, the uh, what we call the new mobility players. I mean, the, the ride hailing, ride sharing, bike sharing, etc. Uh, became also they joined UITP as as, as member. 
and now we have 1,800 members, uh, organizations from 100 countries, more or less. So it's it's the I would say the only international multimodal and multi-stakeholder association in yeah, in and the biggest. I've been to uh, was in your show. Was that in Sweden a year or yes. two ago? Yeah, and that was phenomenal. I mean, just you know, big room after big room of exhibits was, and everything. It was our uh, our biggest show ever, actually. Well, I'm glad I got to be there. We in, we did a Stockholm. CEO roundtable there. It was great, man. I I can't wait to go to your show next year uh, in Melbourne. Yes, yeah. yes, we are looking forward to that to the to the show. That'll be exciting. So you've been with the organization for quite a while, right? And you kind of worked your way up. Yes, actually, I had different uh, lives in the UITP. I joined first UITP in 1999, so 20 years ago, 21 years ago, uh, as a, as a, uh, a manager in the uh, so-called program and studies department. Means the because UITP used to be uh, the secretariat of UITP or the office of UITP used to be uh, a team with only uh, let's say uh, people dealing with the logistics, organizing events or translating documents and studies. And the work used to be done by the members themselves, not by the staff, by the members okay. themselves or reports, etc. And then 20 years ago, UITP decided to set up a, a, a team of researchers, managers, engineers uh, to produce the, the content, the, the knowledge. And I was one of the first to, to join this team as manager in, the, in that department. Uh, and then I became the director of the department and in 2006, actually, I left UITP from, from inside, so I would say, uh, to work as a, as, a, as a consultant, as an independent consultant. But I started working for UITP as a consultant. And so <laughs> I used to say that my email address, since I, I was given this email address in 1999, it, it, it stayed and, and I still have it and uh, I, I, without interruption, I would say. And, and so I, I stayed connected. I remained connected to UITP. During, during this period of time, working as a consultant for UITP, but also for other organizations. And then in 2013, uh, I was uh, uh, offered uh, the, the position of uh, Deputy Secretary General of UITP. Uh, and then I joined back, I would say, UITP uh, in-house. <laughs> and, and, and then in 2018, uh, the previous Secretary General has uh, uh, retired. And then I and I took over the uh, the position. So different. Uh, yeah. So what do you do in that role as Secretary General? Like, what's your job? What's your role? Yeah. So the for those who are not used to this title of Secretary General, because it's, we are not the United Nations, we know this title for the United Nations. Yeah. But but the Secretary General is the Executive Director. I would say, is the 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 the, the, per, the person in charge of uh, managing. Uh, the the office, the UITP office, the office of the of the of the association. Uh, so it means that I manage the staff and we have about 140 employees in UITP. Uh, most of the employees are based in Brussels, Belgium, but we have also 16 other offices all over the world on all continents uh, to, to, to be close to our members and to, to develop activities for our members. So, so UITP, we, we try to pursue three, three missions. One is to be the advocate of public transport and sustainable mobility. It means that we will be uh, 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 engaging with the governments, with international organizations, 
uh, we, especially in Europe with the European uh, Commission, European Union bodies, uh, to, uh, to uh, advocate the position of our members, public transport operators and, and, and authorities, etc. Uh, we also interact a lot with the international organization like the World Health Organization or the United Nations, and we are involved in this COP meetings that are organized every year about climate change, etc. So this is one, one important component. The second one is the uh, uh, if, if it's about being a center of knowledge for public transport and sustainable mobility. So we have about 30 committees, this, which are covering different modes, buses and metros and or, or covering regions like Asia or Middle East and North Africa, or covering you know, uh, uh, themes like financing or marketing or human resources in public transport, security in public transport. And these bodies, they, uh, they, 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 uh, the members uh, meet uh, regularly and we support them, the office of UITP, we support them to develop knowledge, to share knowledge, to generate, to carry out studies, projects, etc. And, and uh, also we organize a number of uh, uh, training activities. We have uh, trainings. I mean, we used to organize them all over the world, of course. And now they are online, but we keep on organizing training programs on different topics, of course. And we have some which are linked to the, to the, to the hot topics of the, of the moment, yes. I would say, yes. of course. Uh, we are also leading a number of research and uh, innovation projects funded by third parties, uh, European institutions, for example, or the World Bank. Uh, and, and, and so we, we, we work with our members. So we, we are not uh, working as consultant in these projects, but we try to mobilize our members, the professionals of public transport, to be involved in these projects. And we have a role of coordinator or role of... Uh, of uh, yeah, uh, coordinator of these projects and by involving the members. And, and, and then the third pillar is what we call the networking. So we offer a platform to our members and what you mentioned about the show in Stockholm, this is exactly the purpose of that show is that in addition of uh, sharing the knowledge there and, uh, and, and, and advocating public transport is also a platform for our members to meet and to, uh, to, to uh, in a way that we help them develop their business, actually. So we, we, there is exhibitions, trade shows, etc., where the members come and, and, uh, and develop their business. So these are the three priorities, advocacy, knowledge, networking. Okay, that's great. And, and you're the primary transportation association in most countries I visited. Like I went to Australia last year and I actually spoke at a training session that I think Michelle... Uh, Michelle Batsas, yes. Yeah, we did it uh, like uh, asset management. So I spoke to a lot of the asset managers in Australia. And then last month, I spoke at the one in, um, virtually at the one in uh, Latin America. And mm -hmm. somebody translated yes. it into Portuguese, whatever. So, but they don't have like their own APTAs in those countries, a lot of them. They, you're, the, you're the group, right? Actually, they have. They have in some countries. I mean, they have national associations in, the, okay. and in Brazil, for example. Uh, you mentioned Latin America. They have national associations for rail, for road transport in Germany, in France. In, in, and, and, but this national association, they deal with the local matters. And right. so what we bring, in addition to, to, to uh, I will to complement their, their, their work, is we bring this international dimension. So, and we, we bring people from Asia, from America, for example, uh, talking there in Brazil or participating in Brazil and sharing their knowledge and experience with Brazilian stakeholders. So our role is really to bring all these people uh, together and to complement the work which is uh, 
done by the national associations. Okay. In Australia, we have a different status because in Australia, you have, we have UATP, uh, Australia, New Zealand. And uh, this is actually uh, a kind of sister organization. Uh, that, and we have a special uh, uh, collaboration with them and they use our brand, of course, and okay. all their members are automatically members of UITP. Uh, okay. So That's we are very close to, to, to yeah. Australia. And here in North America, your representative is Andrew, right, Bata? Yes, Andrew Bata, who used to work with NTA in New York, and yeah. uh, and he's yeah he's our our ambassador there. In, uh, he's a great in, guy. I had dinner with him last year at CUDA at the Canadian Urban Transit Association. We had indeed. some of the folks here. We, we were celebrating the second year anniversary of the podcast uh, and, there, and and I got to know him a little bit. Seems like a great good. guy. Good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Andrew is uh, helping a lot to ITP to to develop in North America, and we are very happy of the development there. And we have also very close relationship with. Uh, with APTA and with CUTA, of course, huh? yes. we work with them uh, in, in, in for, for many activities we, that we carry out jointly. Yep. And now we're working together a little bit in my role as executive director of the North American Transit Alliance. We're working together on a study together. So I'm excited about that as well. Indeed. And we are happy, you know, each time there is a new actor in the public transport market, we are happy because, you know, and we are happy to collaborate with NATA uh, on, on, on that. Sure. This is Mike Bismeyer, Regional Sales Director at Proterra, and this is Mike's Minute, where we talk about the importance of kindness, mentorship, and leadership with the hopes they'll inspire you to pay it forward. As this past week was a monumental milestone for 2020, a year with unprecedented challenges, people had an opportunity to be heard at the polls. This is not a political message. This is a kindness and leadership message. Transit continues to show great leadership and kindness by this week offering free transit in many areas across the United States, from Yolo County Transportation District in California to Greenlink Transportation in South Carolina and many others in between across the country. Transit helped remove barriers that community members may have faced getting to the polls, allowing residents to exercise their right to vote. It's been great to see many of our transit leaders making statements about this and on helping Americans facilitate this basic right. Multiple studies showed that a common reason for people that do not vote is a limited access to transportation. Thanks to the transit industry for trying to take this barrier away. I continue to be inspired by the transit industry. In a year that has been filled with incredible challenges, they continue to pledge to keep people moving and stepping up. Thanks to all the essential transit employees, their continued dedication. Kindness is cool and kindness comes in many forms. Thanks for listening. Keep being kind. Keep being safe. So what are some of the big projects you're working on now, Mohammed? I know that you all just came out with a study about the impact of COVID and the safety of riding in transit. And basically, you have found, it seems like, the same thing almost every other study has shown, that, that public transit is safe and is clean. It is, indeed. So this was uh, something we have been, uh, we, we, we started immediately after this uh, crisis, let's say, uh, happened uh, early this year uh, to, to really see First, how public transport should uh, should react to this crisis? So, uh, by you know uh, uh, cleaning, uh, disinfecting first, you know, and and we have uh, we have uh, shared a lot of knowledge, disseminated a lot of information about how to clean and disinfect, and and also sharing some good practice cases from our uh, members' organization, but also highlighting the role of the staff and the the role of the frontline staff. Uh, because at the end, you know, they were the one, the one who uh, keep kept on 
operating public transport when cities uh, uh, were in, in in the middle of the of the lockdown. So, so and we 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 they they playing an essential role, of course. And and now uh, the the issue is uh, because there are a lot of information which was be not based on any evidence, only any hard facts saying that public transport is 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 risky, that people will get contaminated there, etc. And we compiled the number of studies uh, uh, done by the uh, French uh, governmental institutions about uh, health called Santé Publique France, but also the Robert Koch Institute in Germany, the Rail Safety Board in UK, etc. Number of studies that is, are showing, uh, also from Asia, from Japan and Singapore, showing that public transport is COVID safe, actually. And that, be why? Because people in public transport, they, uh, they, they wear masks, most of them, more than 90% of the travelers, they wear masks. People, uh, uh, when it is possible, they keep distance anyway from others. They also refrain from uh, talking and speaking on the phone. So, so at the end, and, and also the vehicles are clean, disinfected, uh, they are well ventilated. So at the end, the, the, the factors that could, uh, that could uh, accelerate the spread of the virus are, are not there in public transport. And so that's why public transport is COVID safe compared to other places like bars or restaurants or, or, or family gatherings, for example. Or, or so, and we are promoting this message and, and also, yeah, we need to do that because a number of uh, officials are really conveying wrong, wrong mess messages. That's and right. we, need to we need to correct that and to restore trust in public transport. Yeah, and that really is what's next for us, isn't it? We have to restore trust because you guys are putting out numbers every week, which I really appreciate, and shows the ridership levels in the cities across the world. And I just looked at the numbers from this last week, and you know, like the Tube in London and other subway systems are still under 50%. Uh, and, and ridership is slow to recover on commuter services as well. Yeah, indeed. It's recovering, uh, let's say, slowly in some cities and more rapidly in others. If we take a city like uh, Vienna, for example, uh, it's about 80%. Yeah. Of course, in China, it's almost at 100% now. Uh, and and uh, North American cities are behind, let's say, European yeah. cities for, for the recovery of the, of the, of the ridership. Uh, the issue is that some countries are, are, uh, are uh, uh, behaving differently. Some governments or some authorities are calling people to, or they are imposing physical distancing in public transport, for example, others uh, not. And so, for example, in France, the, the, the physical distancing is not imposed. And so the, the grow of ridership okay. is higher yeah. uh, than in, in, in countries right. like, like UK, for example. So, yeah. so and, and what is good is that uh, though there is this second wave now, we see that there is a, uh, this, this second wave in, 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 in many countries, the ridership of public transport is not decreasing. The, okay. it, is, it is still increasing. And that's the main difference with the first, uh, the first wave. Why? Because now we know that it is COVID safe and people also, they know how to behave. It's yes. also about them acting responsibly. And, and that's good. That's the, 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 the good, let's say, uh, lesson we have learned from this, uh, this uh, crisis. <laughs> Would you share with me some about what your views are on the future of public transportation? That's the, the name of my book, and I do a lot of speaking on it, but I'm interested in what you think, especially now in a post-COVID world. Yeah, I, first, uh, the, 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 the conventional meaning of public transport, I mean, mass public transit, let's right. say, this will remain and will, will, will remain as, and, and as a backbone 
uh, in the city. And we need that because that's the only way to, to, to transport a large number of people, uh, and in, especially in, in big cities. So mass public transport will, will be there and will continue to expand uh, and, and, and to have more and more of trains and buses, et cetera, et cetera. But what we see is that the people, they, they, uh, they are not in a, in a logic of home to work, uh, not in a logic of home to work commuting anymore. I mean, of course, they go to work from uh, they go to work, etc. But they also go for leisure. They want to have a, uh, to have a, to, to go at night during weekends, etc. And for some of these trips, public transport or mass transit is not the right answer. And so it's important that we offer them a system which will. Uh, uh, which will give them the right answer according to their purpose of the trip, according to the to the moment of the of the day they are traveling, the day of the week, etc., and 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 the price they can afford to pay. And and it's only by combining this mass transit together with on-demand and shared mobility modes that we can offer this comprehensive mobility solution. And and if we succeed to do that, at the end people will not need to own a car, will not need, need the feel to feel that they have to own a car. So, and that's what we, 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 we would like and to do. And that's what the, how we see the future of public transport. So it's a combination of mass transit together with, uh, with on-demand and shared mobility modes. And of course, we need to offer them the possibility to plan their journey and to pay for it using one, one tool, one app. Uh, and this is what mobility as a service is about, is that yes. everything is combined under one, one platform to make it easy for them. And if we do that, they don't need to own a car. And I think this is the, uh, because if they know, if we have less cars, we have less congestion and less uh, nuisances, let's say, created by these cars. And this is what the, the, the yeah, the, uh, how I see the future of, of, of public transport, of course. That's great. If people want to find out more about UITP, what's the best way? The best way is first, I mean, the easiest way is our website, huh? uitp.org. And, and on our website, they can find a lot of information, uh, but also our, uh, our uh, uh, social media uh, accounts. I mean, the, the Twitter and the Facebook and the LinkedIn accounts and the Instagram now. So we have accounts uh, there and easy to find by, you know, Googling UITP, of course. Right. And, and, uh, and our, our offices, I mean, people who are in countries where we have office or regions where we have offices, they can, they can easily, they can easily, uh, uh, contact UITP. So uh, yeah, and it's easy to, to find UITP. If you put public transport on Google, you will have UITP amongst the, the that's right. Uh, yeah, on the, yeah. On the top of the page. So and I want to encourage our listeners to follow you on LinkedIn, Mohammed. Mohammed Mezgani uh, is spelled M-E-Z-G-H-A-N-I is his last name. Thank you. And uh, you put up something just like I do almost every day that's mm -hmm. really unique about public transportation. I, I get, you're one of the first ones I look at every morning on LinkedIn. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm passionate about public transport. Uh, so, I, you know, I studied public transport and I started working in public transport. So I love public transport and because I am convinced public transport is, is not just part of the solution. It will be leading the solution, I would say, for our cities in the future. And so each time I find the, an article which is interesting or post made by, by someone else about public transport, I try to, of course, to duplicate it and to disseminate it on LinkedIn and on Twitter. I'm also very active on Twitter. Yes, yes that's good. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Mohammed. I've, I've, uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the last couple of years, and especially our conversation today. And I look forward to collaborating with you even more in the future. And I hopefully uh, 
the work you're doing about promoting the concept of mobility and new mobility will really catch the um, catch fire even more in the capitals around the world. And that federal governments will realize that public transportation is not just a nicety, it's a necessity. At the wheels and the bus that go round and round are also the wheels that make our economy turn. And we really need mm -hmm. increased federal investment in operating dollars, not just capital dollars, in order to make this new mobility a reality. Thank you indeed, uh, Paul. This is very important. I mean, public transport contributes to, to, to boost the economy and to develop the cities. So it, they are, it's, it's essential. And to, at the end, I would like also to congratulate you for your book uh, with, for, for children, because yes. really this is, yeah, I see it now. <laughs> and, and, and this is excellent because we, it's important to educate uh, the children about public transport, about sustainable mobility, about the impact on, 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 on environment, on climate, etc. And you did it very well in that book. And so congratulations. Yeah. And we will be using it and disseminating it for sure. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's now online on Amazon in uh, not only English, but Spanish and this week Portuguese. And next, oh. we hope to have it up in Hindi, in Indian language, and then in Chinese. And then one of your employees has volunteered to translate it into French for me. And so we'll have it in French soon as well. So we're very excited. That's all over the world. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Alea Carey, a communications consultant who loves working with public transit agencies. Communications and marketing often get lumped together when we talk about promoting transit, but it's worthwhile to consider them very differently, especially so you can understand if and when your efforts are successful. Marketing's job is to make customers do something. It's any communications activity that promotes your enterprise and channels potential customers to a decision point like to ride a bus or buy a pass. Marketing campaigns are often constructed on top of specific tools that will measure a quantitative change in activity, like an increase in ridership or sales. Communications campaigns, on the other hand, are more focused on making someone feel something. Some members of a target audience of, say, a new branding campaign might never ride a bus or buy a pass, but it's a legitimate goal of the campaign to affect their feelings about the brand. These efforts can be measured with tools like before and after surveys, where you look for an increase in positive sentiment. A successful branding campaign, that might lead to an increase in sales or riders, but you'd be remiss to judge it based on those points. If you'd like to talk about marketing or anything else related to communications and transit, look me up on LinkedIn. My first name is spelled E-L-E-A, last name C-A-R-E-Y. Thanks for being with us today on this episode of Comfort's Corner, part of the Transit Unplugged family, the world's number one transit podcast, where we interview transit executives and find out what's happening in their lives, their careers, their projects, what the future public transportation looks like. Hopefully you, you've enjoyed this very special episode with the Secretary General of UITP, and we will continue to have um, an international flair through the end of the year. We, of course, had several shows uh, from Australia, and uh, now we've um, taken a look internationally here with the Secretary General of UITP. And next, um, later on this month of November into December, we're going to be having a couple episodes with transit leaders from the continent of Africa. You're not going to want to miss that. A great way to round out this quarter of the year with an international flair here on Transit Unplugged. Thanks for being with us today. Stay safe out there. Mm -hmm.